to the PL Surge podcast, where we highlight and explore CMCSS professional learning journeys. I'm your host, Amanda Nix, Professional Learning Coordinator, and I'll be joined again in Season 3 by Brian Hampton, who facilitates our professional learning management system. Brian, today we're excited to kick off the first episode of Season 3 by highlighting two new roles in our district. Yes. During this challenging time, schools everywhere are looking for better ways to support students' academic success. But supporting academic success also requires us to support students' complete well-being in terms of their mental health and basic needs. Our district is working to meet these needs through a variety of support provided by school counselors, school psychologists, behavior consultants, student support coordinators, and the relatively new roles in CMCSS of social workers and student success coaches. Today, we get to hear from professionals in these two new roles of social worker and student success coach. Hello, Elaine and Paula, welcome. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself? We'll start with you, Elaine. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be on the first episode of the season. So I am um, born and raised in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I grew up in a divorced family. So I have a village of people on my side. And one of the important things I stress is having a village of people around you, building your community. And so I have a lot of important people in my life. Um, I am married for 26 years now. I have three teenagers, um, two dogs, a cat, and my mom who lives with us. So we're very busy. We keep a very lively house and a very full schedule. And in my free time, I'm a chair mom. Okay, Paula, how about you? Uh, my name is Paula Nelson. I am um, originally from Florida. I am a transplant um, to Clarksville by way of the U.S. Army. My husband was in for 22 years. Um, we have been married going on 29 this December. Woo woo! And uh, we've lived here since 2005. I also have I have two children. They're grown and they're out living their best lives. And uh makes for a quiet house at my house. So that took some adjusting and some getting used to Um, have one puppy who is nicely spoiled. And uh, I also am from a divorced home. And so uh, we always used to say that it was Betty and her children against the rest of the world. So um, I am the youngest of five. So the fact that I even survived was great for me, Uh, (laughs) you know. So here I am. I'm a student success coach. And been with the district for 17 years in my free time. um, I am no longer a cheer coach. So Elaine doesn't have a whole lot of time because I've been in that crazy cheer world and there is no free time. So in my free time, I actually love to exercise. I do a lot of um, 5Ks. And if you want to play a game, I'm there. I'm all about playing some kickball, all about riding a bike. I'm actually getting ready to leave tomorrow morning to um, go to Florida, the part of Florida that the hurricane did not hit. So we're okay um, to do a triathlon on Saturday. So been Hmm. doing some training for that, hoping to win my age group. And yeah, that's what I like to do in my free time. I like so feel connected to both of you because I'm a mom of three have, well, 
one about, well, soon to be teenager. So two teenagers, let's call them that. And then one um, that's older. And yes, the youngest is in the cheer world. And yeah. But what I was going to say, Elaine, is we're down to one at our house now because our middle child, he's in college now. And it is really quiet with one. So to go from all the people to one um, is, is a little quiet. Wait till you go to none, Amanda, and then you're just looking at your spouse like, do, do I even know you? <laughs> you know? I know. Yeah. So it's fun. It is a fun world getting to know yourself and your spouse again and, and really just kind of getting to know who you are without without raising little people or big people, you know. Um, so that's been that's been super fun. So we would like for you to talk about your roles. And so both the social worker and student success coach positions are relatively new for CMCSS. So Elaine, would you please tell us about your role and responsibilities as a social worker? Yeah. So the district social work positions this year, we want to make sure that we are um, supporting our students and empowering them and really kind of connecting that student to their families, to the community resources those families may need, to outside mental health services that they might need, just kind of filling in the gaps for students, not just in the school, but beyond the school, and kind of empowering the families to also learn their own way. How do I find these resources within our community also? So kind of just guiding them, helping them to kind of connect to different things in the community so that they can feel supported and healthy. Thanks so much for sharing that. Paula, would you please tell us a little bit about your role as a student success coach in CMCSS? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is a role I'm super excited about. It's very new to the district. So student success coach, in essence, what we really do is we mentor kids. It could be any student within a district that just needs a little bit of extra help, you know, just needs just somebody to check on on them. We we meet with the students, takes me a week or two to kind of build relationship with them, but kind of figure out where they're at, where they want to be, where they want to go, set up some goals with them. But it's really a lot of listening. Sometimes when you just stop and you listen to what's going on with a child, you might see a need that then I could maybe get a hold of Elaine or get a hold of one of the social workers and say, hey, this is what's kind of going on with this kid. They might need this, this, and this. And that's some of the reasons why they're having a harder time in a classroom or focusing on a subject or focusing with a teacher or whatnot. It's just because there's all kinds of different things going on with them. So we come in, we meet with the students, we mentor them, we help them set up some goals, we help them kind of get focused. Um, it's a big thing of just listening and being present. Um, it's it's ever-changing, like so it looks a little different from last year. We also help support students who are coming out of the alternative school to just be that person there when they get to their home school to help them go back into the flow of that, give them things that they can say to show up, to, to not have that stigma being, oh, I was in alt school over them, mm -hmm. and to be that safe person for them to check up on them once a week and help them do that. And so that's been super exciting uh, for me to do. How fantastic that I can imagine that that is a really important and very helpful thing to have someone uh, kind of guide them through the transition back into their homeschools. How do you connect with specific students? How do you determine who you're going to, which students need your assistance? Do you 
do you try and meet with large groups of students or what does that look like? So normally a referral will come through from the counselor, will come through to a social worker. And what they'll say is that they just need a student success coach. And that's kind of how it gets to me. It looks a little different this year from last year. It came through a different referral system. Um, so we've been to all the schools to introduce ourselves, to kind of introduce our program and kind of to tell schools what our program is for. Um, and I make sure that I stress it's not just about academics um, because, you know, you might have a kid that has straight A's, but all of a sudden the teacher notices, hey, something's not right. You know, maybe the straight A's went down to a B. And for a straight A kid, that's that's a trigger. That's a flag to say something's not going on right, you know. Um, and so normally a, uh, a counselor will put in a referral just to have a student success coach to come in and kind of meet with that with the student. So your roles are both new in the district. Can you kind of walk us through what's a typical day look like for you? And why don't we start with you, Elaine? Um, so my typical day, I would say most of my day right now, and there's only seven social workers supporting all of the schools in the county. So right now I have seven schools that I'm supporting. So right now it might look a little bit different than all the services we will provide as we grow our numbers of social workers. Yeah, okay, sure. so a typical day for me is really just supporting students here at school. So I show up right now, I have a set schedule of which place I'm going to be at, which school I'm going to be at that day. Sometimes I split between two different schools, but I try to let the counselors know what day I'm going to be there, what kids have been referred to me and I'm going to be seeing them. And I start with building a relationship with them, giving them that safe place to feel important, to be seen and heard by someone um, and really look for the why, like, why are they seeing me? What, what's really behind maybe the issues they're having in school, the academics or the um, behavior um, that we're seeing in school. Then once we kind of figure out what's going on, we can offer services. So I can decide, okay, this person might need more expertise in an area of, for therapy. And so I might refer them for to an outside provider or school-based provider for therapy. Um, I might realize that this person's really stressed because they don't have enough food at their house or they don't, their, their family can't connect because they're worried about paying their bills or where they're going to sleep. So those are resources that I will reach out to community resources. YPAX has been amazing to us or YAPAX, sorry, it's pronounced YAPAX has been amazing. They have serviced about 19 bags of clothes for kids, for me. So kind of building on that, I'm sure that you have to reach out to a lot of different agencies and need in this moment is greater mm -hmm. than it's been for a very, very long time because we went through a pandemic. Now there is, you know, there's, there, there's been supply issues and now with inflation and prices going up, um, I'm sure that it's finding resources is more difficult now than it's been in the past. Uh, so can you talk to us maybe about how that aspect of your role and supporting students has changed over the last few years? I really feel like the need has grown mental health need has grown. I feel like being able to pro find providers to service the mental health need is really difficult right now. The waiting list, you know, for months. And if you know mental health, usually when you're seeking mental health services, 
you're in a moment that you need more immediate mental health services. So, so that gap is kind of wide. And so the social worker role here kind of fills a little bit of that gap so that we can continue to support and offer services to those students that maybe can't get the mental health um, services they need right away. Um, or maybe sometimes um, they can't afford that. There's sometimes some gap there and being able to afford that kind of service. But also, really, we want to kind of bridge that gap between our families and the community and the schools. Like social workers, social work's all about systems. Students don't function independently and alone in the world, or we don't want them to. We want to, them to feel connected. We want them to have that relationship with their family that's positive, the relationship in their school that's positive, and build that community around them. And so that's what I'm looking to do more this year. My role last year in the school was very different as a social worker. Um, and so I honestly can't speak to all the resources that were available last year because I didn't get to do this part. This part is something new and awesome for the role of social worker this year. Last year, we didn't do a lot of resourcing. We did do mental health resourcing, but as far as like helping them with their hierarchy of needs mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. kind of started with mental health instead of starting with do you have food and shelter do you you know are you in a safe place which I think is what we're doing this year so you are doing amazing work connecting students and families with resources in the community how are you guys able to support teachers in the district as well Elaine do you want to jump in on that one yeah. first and then we'll go to you Paula Sure. Um, so I have had the opportunity, teachers have come to me asking for resources too as well and trying to connect them to things that are available in the community, not only for themselves, but also for those students in their class that they might feel like could use a little extra like basketball or maybe they don't fit the school sports, but they need some activities to get involved in. So helping teachers also come and ask for help to find resources, um, listening to teachers. You know, we have a really stressful time inside of our schools right now. Teachers are feeling that. And so giving teachers just a moment to maybe be seen and heard at how difficult their job is right now in handling a student that may be having some real behavioral issues in the class. So helping them come up with strategies of how to work with that student, maybe also giving them a little perspective of what that student might be going through and why they might be having those behavioral issues, giving some empathy for that student in the classroom. Paula, so you, your title is student success coach, but yes. then how are you helping support teachers as well? Well, I think that anytime you support a student um, to be the best student that they can be, it's going to automatically support the teacher. You know, if you have a student that's struggling and struggle looks different in everybody, you know, you may have the student that comes in and never says a word to you, just comes in and sits there and puts their head down or maybe sleeps to your class. And if I'm working with that student and I can get that student to feel seen and heard and we can work on some goals and I can kind of figure out what's going on, then, you know, it's my hope is the student's going to start coming in and they're going to start engaging in class, you know, and so that teacher is going to be like, oh, hey, this is this is great. When people engage with me, it excites me. You know, te 
teachers went into teaching because they love people and they love they love students. They want to help people. When the students are interacting, and I've been in a classroom for lots and lots of years as an educational assistant, and when the students are really interacting with the teacher, to watch that that teacher just brighten up and beam was one of my favorite things. And so I know that the more that I support these students and kind of figure out what makes them tick and help them, it just supports that teacher. Um, like I said earlier, we always support the students coming out of alternative school. And some of the students have in their in readjustment period have asked me, hey, can you show up to such and such class with me? Because that's just a class I'm really nervous about, you know. And so absolutely, I would email the teacher, let that teacher know who I am, let them know why I was coming. And that teacher felt very supported. Also, just by me being there, of course, you know, the teacher was like, is there anything I can do? How can I help you? Um, but just another presence being in that room, she came up to me. It's like, oh, can you come back every day? Because that was great. Just having <laughs> another person here. But anytime that you make a child feel important and feel like they can do this and they can show up to the day, that is going to radiate into the whole classroom. That's going to radiate into the teacher, into just another student sitting next to them. You know, I, I really believe when when we feel good inside and we know have a plan, it, it just passes on to everybody. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why we preach so much spread kindness, spread kindness, because it spreads, you know. So if I can spread motivation or if I can spread having that student feel like a good person, having that student feel like they are capable of doing these things, then that's just going to spread through the whole classroom. Now that you've helped us understand how you support students and teachers, can you talk to us about how you team up with school counselors? So part of um, the way we do work is that the school counselor is the one that puts in the referrals to get to us. So there is a little bit of a process where they ask the school counselor to have worked with the student several times. Um, they like to say three times. So seeing if the school counselor is able to fulfill whatever need that student has before they're sent to us. Um, and I think that is one because they know the school counselors in that building all the time and can really give more attention to that student throughout the week. And then if they're unable to maybe meet that need for whatever reason, then they are referred on to us. Sometimes it can be just time. That student is in the office every day. And so they're like, okay, so maybe the student needs another person to kind of put eyes on them, see if they can do something different, offer something different to the student so that they can be supported in a different way. And then sometimes it might be the family or resources, and they know that that family or has more extensive needs than they would have time to service themselves. So we are an extension. The um, school counselor is who makes the referrals to us. Um, and so that's how our piece is connected. We work right alongside of what they're already doing. We're just an extension to what services they're already providing. Paula, how do you, as a student success coach, support counselors? The way that the student success coaches support um, counselors is a little different than the way the social workers would support counselors um, also, because the social workers and the counselors kind of kind of do the same thing. And that's why that process is let's let the counselor work with them a little bit. 
for a student success coach, it's kind of a whole a real different, you know, um, I know that I've, I've talked with counselors who are like, Hey, Miss Paula, I have this one student that just doesn't fit in any of these other categories, but they understand and they know the student needs help. So I just listen to what they say. And that's when a student success coach would come in because this one student doesn't fit any of these other categories, you know, like they don't need any outside sources. They don't need any of this stuff, you know, but the counselor really sees that the child, the student needs some help, you know. And that's kind of how I support them. I listen to what they're saying and I'm like, hey, absolutely. This is how you get me to come. I think this child would fit really great with a mentor, you know. And so sometimes it's just listening for me. It's just listening to that counselor, helping them have the, lang- the, the language that they need to, to get me to show up. Um, and that's how I support them, which is totally different than how the social workers would support them. PL Surge is all about professional learning journeys, and you're both in new roles in CMCSS. So talk to us about your professional learning opportunities as you've been preparing for these roles. Paula, do you want to jump in first? Um, sure. So how I, one of the ways I've prepared for this role is like we said, we had the pandemic, you know, which has thrown everybody for just a curve. You know, one of the... Um, One of the things the pandemic actually gave me time to do is I have always wanted to be a life coach. And so the pandemic really gave me time to kind of really look into that. And I found a great course. So I became a health and life coach because I just I don't think you could do one without the other, you know. I, I watch a lot of um, TED Talks. I love a good TED Talk. I love a good book. I love me some Brene Brown. I just think you could get some great stuff from there. So Elaine, talk to us about your professional learning opportunities. Yes. So I did get to participate in Gage in Engage this summer. I did quite a bit online. You all offered a lot of online um, classes, which were helpful for those of us busy this summer. And as I said earlier, I was very busy, (laughs) Um, but I um, participated in the integrating social emotional learning into the classroom, which I thought uh, Mr. Slight did an amazing job of really helping teachers understand that a lot of what they're doing already is SEL. There is a lot of SEL inside of what their classroom management is offering and teaching those students kind of how to empower themselves and how to take responsibility in their education. So that one was a really great one. They also, for social workers, we did um, have like suicide prevention and several additional ones that had to do with you know, how do we work as a team in crisis? Um, what are our protocols in crisis? Um, kind of just suicide prevention in general and screeners for that. So we've had a, a lot of heavy topics um, in our trainings, but all important, very important for the students that we're serving this year. Um, also, we've had mental health first aid, which is just a general, you, you did that one too, didn't you, Paula? Yeah. Yeah. So we got certified in mental health first aid. I also did the autism spectrum learning as like an introduction to that. I felt like a lot of our kids are getting that diagnosis and knowing how to work with the students within that diagnosis and understanding their world that they are living in could be helpful in this social work position. 
we also did some creating positive behavior plan training, which is another way we can support the teachers, helping them to understand how to use a positive behavioral plan inside the classroom for kids that are struggling um, behavioral wise. Um, and right now we are doing comp training. So we are doing classroom organization and management program so it's kind of eye-opening to what the teachers are taught, how to manage their classroom, and so that we can know what they have been taught so that we can support them in those ways also. I also do a lot of outside training myself. I am very trauma-focused, so I do a lot of um, certifications in trauma. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts of how to support kids that have had trauma, you guys are doing amazing things in the district, but what do you find to be the most rewarding aspect of your role? Paula, do you want to start? Sure. The most rewarding aspect of my role is to just really watch the students connect with me, connect with some of the things that I'm saying. Um, when they come in and they're like, oh, Miss Paula, oh my gosh, you know, and they tell me what happened, whether it be they got a good grade on a test that they've been working on, or they just really feel connected at the school that they're in. You know, like I said, we support kids coming from alternative school. And sometimes they went to alternative school at one school, but when they got out, their parents moved and maybe now they're at another school, which is a whole nother transition, you know? And so when I see them and they're like, oh, I'm going to go to the football game because I got some friends or, you know, we've talked about a certain situation and they're like, hey, you know what? I tried some of those coping skills. Well, they don't use this language with me. They're like, hey, you know, I tried what you told me the other day and that really works. And I'm like, yeah, it does. You know, <laughs> That is so exciting for me. It's, I tell people all the time, there's nothing too small to celebrate when it comes to yourself, you know? So whether it's, they, um, they got the class every day on time when the last week they had been late every day and they're like, Hey, I made it class on time this week. And I'm like, you rock. And that's exciting to me because growth is just so exciting. So when I see growth, Man, I absolutely love that part. And so because I get to see a couple of the kids that I saw last year, to see them from how much they've grown over the summer to, you know, now they're like, oh my gosh, I'm a senior this year. And now everything you were saying to me last year is coming together. And, you know, this is where I'm at and this is what I want to do. And I'm, I'm, it almost makes me want to shout. Like when I'm in the room with them, I have to try to keep it on the DL and I have to remember <laughs> I'm grown. But um, yeah, it is. That's just so exciting for me. As you can probably tell, I'm ready to jump now. But um, I love that part. So yeah. It's so it's so wonderful to know that you're out there sharing that with these students. I, and Brian, I don't you wish? I know this is all audio, but um, Paula, I wish people could see you and like your uh, gestures and your mannerisms and how excited you are in addition to what you're just saying too. So that's fun. Okay. So Elaine, what about you? What have you found to be the most rewarding part of your role? Um, I'm going to have to say more than one thing. I'm sorry. I have to say more than one thing, but a new thing for me this year has been to deliver goods to families. It's been very rewarding to just get to connect directly with that family in their spot where they're at and be like, oh, so you said you needed some cleaning supplies. Well, I was able to find some cleaning supplies for you and here they are, drop them off. Oh, you needed car seats. 
I found some car seats for you. And sometimes we have kids that come to school that you notice that maybe their clothes aren't getting washed often enough, and maybe they're getting some complaints from other people. And so we can step in and help in those situations. Like sometimes it's, they don't have laundry soap and you're like, oh, well, that's something I can find for you. Or maybe they just need some additional clothes. Getting to fill those gaps has been really rewarding. And also seeing really the students change. Um, so I had a student that this I called to pick, called for her to come see me. And the teacher was like, this student has had a successful day. They've completed a test. It's the first time they've ever completed a test and they passed the test. And then when that student came in to me, they were beaming, you know, like, they were like a totally different student. And so it's just kind of, it's rewarding to be like, wow, the stuff you're doing is making a difference. Um, and the student was just happy and I hadn't seen that on that child before the whole time I've been working with them to see their mood lift and to see them just feel lightened and proud of themselves was so powerful. We've heard a lot of amazing things today that you're doing, and uh, we've, we've heard about the different ways that you are currently supporting students, but what is a big hope or aspiration that you have for your work going forward? So I'm really excited that the schools can kind of bridge that gap between families and schools. And I think the social workers are going to do a great job of connecting families to schools and families to communities. And I really hope that we can just kind of be support and do whatever the family needs so that we can have positive relationships with families and positive relationships in the community. So we can all feel connected, be healthy, be strong. Paula, how about you? Well, what are, some, what are some big hopes or aspirations that you have for your work? Okay, so my biggest hope is that I would love to see every school have a student success coach, like have an office and be at a school. You know, I would absolutely love to be that person who's kind of that cheerleader for, I can't even believe I said that, but to be that cheerleader <laughs> for everybody who's in that school, every student who's in that school. You know, my hope is that the younger generation, this new generation, Generation Z, will understand that that adults do get it. Some of us really do remember what it was like to be kids, and we really, really, really believe in them. You know, yes, their ideas are a little different. Yes, the way they handle the world is a little different than I handled the world, but that we really do believe in them. We really want to see them be the best people that they can be. I, I just would love to see every building have a person in there that they could just go to. That's not always talking to them about grades, but it's like, Hey, we can show kindness. We can all live differently and still show respect to everybody. We all can help our, our brothers and our sisters up. We can all support each other and all live very differently at the same time. You mm -hmm. know, that the thought of that, oh my gosh, just whew, makes me want to jump out of this chair right now to just, <laughs> um, to just, be a cheerleader for that school, whether it be the students or even adults to even let teachers know, hey, girl, hey, guy, you got this. Go in there and teach the best lesson you can do. Give it your all. That's all we ask for. Treat people with kindness. Believe in yourself. Look in the mirror and be like, girl, you got this. Oh, yes, that's, that's what I want to do, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's happening. You're doing it right now <laughs> in this moment. I, I can confirm that. 
So I am super excited to share your message with our listeners and let them know what you guys are doing to support the whole child and really being that bridge for for families and schools and our community. So we're super excited about sharing your message. Is there anything else that we have not said that you want to tell us or ask? I just, I just really, really, really want people to know whoever's listening to this, whether they be administrators, whether they be teachers, parents, bus drivers, cafeteria workers, custodians, um, just anybody living their lives that I really want people to know that they are loved more than they realize that they're loved, that they are thanked more than we could ever say thank you for the job that they come out and do, um, that when people just show up, it's just so important to just show up. We're, we don't have all the answers. We're not going to always say it right. It's not always going to look right. It's not going to be perfect. And that's okay. Just keep showing up, keep learning, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Just keep being the best you that you can be and know that it's okay to have those down days um, and know that it's okay not to have all the answers, not to have all your ducks in a row. You know, I mean, many times I'm chasing my ducks, trying to put them back in the box, but just keep learning, keep loving, keep being, keep smiling, just keep showing up. When you show up, no job is too small. It takes a whole, it takes all of us. And I think everybody is important. And I hope that that's my message that I always want to preach to people is know that you're important and you have a gift that you need to give to the world. I, like I said, I'm super excited about getting this message out so that people can hear the amazing things that you're doing each day for students in the district. So we so appreciate each of you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having us. I am yeah. super excited about getting this program out and and letting people know what we do. Well, thank you guys for spending time with us today. Thank Bye. you. Right. Bye, guys. Have a great day. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you again to our guests, Elaine Peterson and Paula Nelson, for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like and follow us and share with your friends and family. PL Search Podcast is powered by your learning journey. If you have a professional learning story you'd like to share, you can reach us at plsurge at cmcss.net. This podcast is produced and edited by the professional learning team in the Clarksville-Montgomery County School System. In addition to today's guests, we would also like to give very special thanks to all of those in our district who are providing comprehensive support to our students and our teachers. Thank you so much. Until next time, keep learning and keep journeying.